Welcome to episode two of Howling Talent. I'm Anna Roy. And I'm Yvonne Dagger. Let's get howling. howling. We're thrilled to welcome Fern Watt to our podcast. Fern is a writer, a travel journalist, a dog lifestyle expert, and a best-selling author of Giselle's Bucket List, My Life with a Very Large Dog, which, by the way, has been published in 20 languages. In April of 2022, her newest book, Adventure Dogs, Activities to Share with Your Dog, From Comfy Couches to Mountain Tops, was released for publication, and we welcome you, Fern. Hi, thank you for having me. I love that intro where you say, let's get howling. It makes me feel like I should be like, oh. <laughs> I know, I know, we have it. But, you know, Fern, you're, you you have such a vivacious personality and it shines through in in all of your books and your life. Um, and we, we just think it's just so um, refreshing and... Um, and it's delightful. You are delightful. You're a delightful person. And we're so honored to have you as our, our guest today. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Fern, have you always been interested in writing? Um, was there someone that you turned to for inspiration or somebody who inspired you to get started? Yes, I've always loved writing. I've always kept journals. I actually have journals from you know, in elementary school where I actually write, you know, just, just, I don't think I, there was ever a time when I wasn't just naturally journaling and writing things down. And that was how I, and still how I make sense of the world around me and my days and my life and what's happening. And I still, when I look back at journals from when I was little, I, I actually, the other day came across a sentence I wrote that said, I want to write a book about why everyone should live like a dog. Like that's, <laughs> that's just what I was thinking as a kid. I love I've just, yeah, I've always been so inspired. You know, I've always loved writing and I've always loved dogs. And back in 2015, after my dog Giselle passed away, I had made a bucket list of things that I wanted to do with her before she died. And I was working in PR at the time and also taking writing classes in New York. And I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write full time. And um, I'm in these writing classes and the teacher asked us to write about something we'd never experienced before. And so I wrote about losing my dog and I had never, you know, it was just such a heartbreaking loss. Um, and so I, I start, I, you know, I, I, I wrote about losing her and I was thinking about losing her and then I knew a travel editor, so I decided to write a story about the bucket list that I made for her before she died. And when that story was published, I remember looking at it and thinking, you know, it was kind of like a first, it was like a big article for me. It was exciting to get this story published, but I remember looking at it and thinking, well, no one's going, no one's going to read this story. Like, I really thought nobody would read it. Mm -hmm. And then within minutes, I had an email 
and then another email and then another email. And this is before TikTok, like prehistoric days when going viral was not something that happened all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the story just started getting shared and shared and shared. And so all of these people, thousands of people started reaching out to me about their dogs and what their dogs meant to them. Mm -hmm. And I found that incredibly inspiring. And I was so moved by these messages from people all over the world, all different types of people living in all different places, but we all had this shared love of dogs in common. And I'd always loved dogs, but this just like lit something inside of me. And I thought, oh, well, this is this story with Giselle is a much bigger story than just this bucket list. Like she also did so much for me. And so I, in my head, I was like, this is, that's my book. Like, this is the book I want to write and the story I want to tell. And that's also how dogs have just become a muse in my life. And my, my writing topic, I'm so fascinated by how they impact our lives and make us better people and what they have so much to teach us. Mm-hmm. Like a long-winded <laughs> writing answer. <laughs> well, it's amazing how dogs, um, even after they've passed, they do tend to bring people together. I mean, you share in each other's grief, you share your experiences and you find a way to try and make sense of it. And uh, as everybody says, it's such a shame that any pet, you you know, usually they will not outlive us. And uh, it's something that everybody has to deal with. So, you know, it's wonderful that you found a way to carry on her legacy because that's basically what you've done. Yeah. Um, I personally am delighted that you have. (laughs) Um, but you know you moved to a tiny apartment in New York City from what I understand with um this English mastiff who was 160 pounds or so um what was your experience like living in a tiny apartment with such a huge dog (laughs) how did she get her name I know so Giselle she was named after the princess from Enchanted of course and my yeah, I I decided after I graduated college in Tennessee that I was moving to New York City and I was bringing the dog. And I mean, in some ways, a big dog is a crazy thing to have in a New York apartment. But in other ways, if your dog, I mean, mastiffs are so mellow. Like she was yeah. so mellow. So it, it, it almost it's almost harder to have like a smaller, really really hyper dog over like you know, she, and she wanted to be with me. So we were together, but it was, I mean, it was crazy. When I moved to New York, I didn't know a lot about the city. I found an apartment in Hell's Kitchen, which is basically Times Square. And so our walks, I mean, our walks were in Times Square. I was in Times Square with this dog and the things people would shout and the things people would say. (laughs) And it was like, wow, I could, you know, there's all those entertainers and performers in Times sure. Square with their little tip jar out to take a photo. I was like, I could start a business out here with this <laughs> dog, with all the people who want to take photos and talk to us. Um, but it was fun. I mean, like you said, like dogs, like they do kind of, they bring us together. So having a dog when you, like New York is so dog friendly. So many yeah. people have dogs. Mm-hmm. I live on the Upper West Side now. And I, I also again, have a huge dog that people love to shout, <laughs> shout, they <laughs> shout at us, but we make friends that way. Like dogs help us make friends. So I love that about dogs, but yeah, it was a crazy thing. I mean, I, uh, it was, 
it was a crazy decision to decide to move to New York City, young 20-something, with a dog that size. (laughs) (laughs) Did you work in New York? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I worked in PR. Okay. So, yes. Yep. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Wait, do you have a dog? You have a dog, yes? I actually just lost my uh, little dog, Hello. Tipper. Yeah, he was, a, he was a little Cypress poodle, bless him. And he was 20 years old when he passed and with various issues, arthritis and the usual aging issues. And he I- 20? You know, sorry? How old was he? 20. He outdid himself. What an adventure. <laughs> Isn't that oh. unbelievably wonderful? Oh, I'm, yes. I'm sorry for your loss, but I'm happy that he got to live such a long yeah. time with you. Yeah, he was a character. He was a real character. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he was he was definitely one of these little dogs that loved people, but he was also hypersensitive. So, you know, when his mood um dictated he'd start screaming the place down for absolutely no reason <laughs> so <laughs> he, he really was a character and uh, I loved him dearly and finally I had to make that decision for him because he certainly wasn't making it for himself oh so, Tipper uh, yeah oh, I know yeah, yeah it's so it, sad it's um, so sad and mm-hmm. oftentimes like something I hear a lot of in this world is like I won't get another dog I won't do this again yeah. And that always makes me sad because it's like we get to experience so much love when we have dogs. And I don't think we should cut ourselves off from that because, of course, Lucy, the loss is so massive and it's so big. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. it's lo- I mean, they they give us love and they introduce us to love. And if you lose love, you have to believe that you'll you'll find love again and you'll have love again. And. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think you'll, how are you doing? Do you think you'll have, what, what phase is your brain in right now? Like, do you think you'll get another dog or how are you? Uh, oh, I definitely will at some point. Um, yeah. At the moment, I'm sort of in the middle of renovating the house and doing other bits and pieces. So, you know, I'm going to wait till that's over. Yeah. Um, I have a rabbit to keep me company. So that's, that's good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I will definitely have another dog. Um, no two ways about that. Um, What's your rabbit's I'm name? Okay, because because uh, he lived so long and because you, you sort of expect them to live about 14, 15 years when they're a poodle. I was sort of in that mode of knowing that it was going to happen. You sort of live day by day when you reach that stage. So I, you know, obviously I was upset. It, it hurts. Um, but you know, I, I was expecting it. So it didn't sort of come out of the blue. Um, thankfully, uh, yeah. and I had to do what was best for him. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's right. what it is. I know, I know someone who, um, a professor who said to me one day when we lost our first dog and she was 18 years old and I was devastated. And this was my first experience as an adult of losing a dog, you know? And she said to me, you have to get another dog. It would, that's why she was in your life for 18 years, because she basically is, is promoting or promoted another dog into your heart, you know, so a part of your heart 
is broken, but there's still more of your heart to be filled with the with the love. And I understand what what you're saying, Fern. You know yeah. about that. And um, after Dagger passed away um, earlier this year, I really, if you had asked me right away, you know, are you going to get another dog? I right right off the bat, I'd say. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I wasn't really quite ready until a friend of mine who who is the president of Forgotten Friends of Long Island said to me, um, we have this little guy. He's running around in Georgia. Um, he we have to bring him up here because I, I and I don't have a kennel for him. Can you foster him? And even then, I was a little hesitant on whether ah, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And um but she said, you got to do it. I, I need you. I need you. We don't have any room for him. So he, she dropped him off here at the house. And the first thing he did was put his head in my chest. Oh. I said, that's it. We adopted him in a flash. <laughs> he, wasn't he wasn't here for a minute and we adopted him so we have Barney now and oh, congratulations um, yeah and and you're right you are so so right that that we we do need dogs they are love and they do bring people um it's funny because after Dagger passed away I was I didn't want to walk through the neighborhood alone yeah, it felt yeah. really funny because for years I was walking with dogs for years. I had five dogs. I had four dogs, you know, and and now we were empty nesters and we didn't have a dog anymore. And I did it once and I just felt uncomfortable. And now it's like everybody knows us. Barney is like the social little butterfly. In yeah. The so it's it's great, you know, but um. I know how you, I know what you're saying. It's, they do, they bring such love and Giselle brought such love to you. And look at what happened, her legacy through a book. Um, yeah. It's the most beautiful thing. And you got a chance to write about, about that, about your experience um, with Giselle and what you wanted in her life to happen, that bucket list, you know, and, it's just such a beautiful story um, and how it touched so many lives. And I really feel that if something is, is really that important, it, it will get out there, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll make itself so known throughout the world that it's unbelievable to us, you know? Um, but I could see, I could see how the love that you had for Giselle is just permeated throughout that book. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful love story. It really is. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard to lose them, but it's like, it's, it's like, you think you could experience, it's like, you can't really have love without some sort of loss. It's like they, they can kind of, they must live together. So it's just, yeah. And dogs are just the best little, they're little tour guides for earth. You know, it just felt like they lead oh, us out on walks and they, they help way. us enjoy car rides and they show us what love is and they help us meet other humans on the sidewalk. It's like having a dog on a leash that you're walking. And it's like, I, when I, when I see other dogs and humans together too around New York, I love thinking of like, 
the moment when they found each other, when that human like looked at that dog and for some reason said, okay, like it's you and me now. And now we're going to be together. And this is our adventure until we, we don't know when, but hopefully a long time, but yeah, it's so hard to lose them, but loving them is it's, it's worth it. Um, right. right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. When did you get your, you now have another two dogs, right? Yes. So Betty, it took me a, 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 a while after Giselle to get to get another dog. I eventually found my way. I found myself at the Williamson County Animal Shelter in Tennessee. And I see this dog and her name was Melanie at the shelter. And she's in the back of the cage. And suddenly she looks at me. And she runs to the front of the cage and starts pawing at the cage. And I look at her and it was like a, okay, it was like a, we're getting out of here. Like we're, we're leaving. <laughs> but I didn't know this dog. I didn't, I didn't, I was, I did not know a lot about rescuing dogs. I didn't know a lot about this dog. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I took the dog outside in the yard. We threw the ball for about one minute and then we left. And I was like, I love this dog. I soon found out that Betty, I changed her name to Betty. Um, it's kind of like dating someone new. Like it takes a few months to figure out their true personality and their quirks and their anxieties. And this dog is just on the anxiety and quirks level. This is on the higher side of anxiety. Super anxious. I She doesn't like, she doesn't like people. Like she's a dog. I have to say, you cannot pet this dog. Like, don't like this dog. She's, she's very nervous, very anxious. She has to be ignored. Um, so, and, and it wasn't clear until a couple months in, um, that that was the case. So part of me is like, wow, it's really crazy that this dog saw me at the shelter and instantly decided that I was a safe person because this dog has an abusive past and is scared of everyone. So, for some reason, we found each other and I'm in love with this dog. And it's a completely different experience than with Giselle. Um, but she's taught me so much about um, anxiety and watching her, you know, she's she has improved. She's gotten less anxious. She's gotten less fearful. And we do this by getting exercise and going to training and trying our best to st stick to a routine and like all of the things you do to help Betty with anxiety are the exact same things that they recommend for helping humans with anxiety on a very base level. And so, you know, and at first with Betty, she was so anxious and we like, didn't quite ask for help. I was like, but we needed help. We needed to go to a trainer and, and get some professional help. So you know, just working, working with her is it's challenging, but it's also been such a joy and watching her make better decisions, like become less reactive is very inspiring. It's like, oh, wow. Like if she can learn to let go of that fear, like I can learn to let go of this fear or so it's just a completely different experience than it was with Giselle, which is why it's like so fun to get another. It's like, once you're ready once you're ready, it's like getting another dog is so rewarding because it's an entirely new, they're all individuals. It's a new experience with new lessons and it's a blast. Like with Barney, Barney, you're saying he, you, <laughs> he's like not quite the painter, but he's, vo he's vocal. What, what are his talents? He must have well, many talents. Um, 
Barney is Barney's extremely loving. And I think that he will become when when he gets certified, I think he'll become a really great therapy dog um, going to hospitals and rehabilitation centers. And he just makes everybody happy. Um, and I think that's Barney's gift. I think mm -hmm. that he's just really talented that way. Um, I've tried to have him hold the brush. He won't, he holds the brush and then runs away with it and starts chewing it up. Uh -huh. so, <laughs> so he, we've, we've really, um, Barney as, as Betty, um, Barney, but Barney loves people. He loves other dogs. He loves children, mostly children. And he's just really, really a great dog with, with both humans and fur, fur babies. Um, but he, he was harshly treated where he was. So he cowers down a lot and he gets scared. He gets scared and, um, you know, he'll stop in the middle of the street if he sees something that may trigger um, an event that happened maybe to him. So we're trying to piece things together, but because they don't talk, you know, um, it's, it's hard to really kind of figure it out. So, um, but every day, like you said, every day is a really great experience with Barney, like with Betty. It's, it's Barney and Betty. Yeah, Barney and Betty. I know Barney and Betty, Barney and Betty. So now, now, um, I have your second book, Adventure Dog. And, um, I, I know, I know Adventure Dogs has been such a huge success too, um, just like um, your your first book was. Um, um, and I just, just want to know, um, and I, and I want to, and I'm getting emotional here, but I want to thank you so much for including oh. Dagger in this <laughs> book of yours. And the pictures of Dagger, I mean, are just amazing. The whole book is, it's just a beautiful, beautiful book of and ad adventures that you can take with your dog. I mean, this is Dagger's. Oh, look at him! Oh, Dagger, and um, um, and I remember, I remember when you when you reached out to me um and asked me to write some bullet points of how to teach your dog how to paint, and I remember thinking thinking it through because I had. Yaya, Miss Yaya at the time, and I had Dagger, and Miss Yaya had no interest whatsoever to paint. And I also had Tommy the Beagle and Jimmy the Beagle. So the Beagles were just, they howled, and that was it. But um, Yaya was, she used to sing the, the Happy Birthday song, and she would sing, she would bark between the verses, and I would sing it, and then she'd bark, and um, and if I went, if I was on the phone with somebody and I'd say, oh, happy birthday, Yaya would come running in and start barking, you know, that she wanted to sing the verses. But whenever I asked her to take the brush, she would take the brush, but then she'd walk away and get on the couch and not want to paint. Oh. So when you asked us, when you asked me to, to, to write down the bullet points of how to get your dog to paint, I said not every dog really wants to do this. You know, it's really <laughs> a hard thing to get across to every dog. And you wrote beautifully in the book about how, you know, how that is, is kind of a, a really hard thing to do, you know, but, um, 
tell us, tell our listeners um, a little something of what inspired you to write Adventure Dogs? What inspired you to reach out to me? And <laughs> how did you find me and, and all of that? Yeah, Adventure Dogs was... Oh, it was very fun to write and it felt like putting myself through school because I got to learn and meet so many other dog lovers and learn from them. And I was really learning a lot about dogs as I wrote that book. And it was and the more people I interviewed, the more I realized it was really important for me to write a book that... Um, was really respectful to dogs. It was not us like putting all of our human ideas onto the dog. It was like, no, what does the dog really want to do? What are dogs good at? And what can we learn about ourselves when we let dogs be dogs and we explore? So when you, when I first reached out to you, I think I was like, oh, I bet, I bet a lot of dogs could learn this. And then I realized, oh no, this is very particular. Um, not every dog could learn this. So it was important for me to, you know, say that. I think dogs suffer a lot of, not suffer, but there's just a lot of misrepresentation about dogs in the world and online, in the media, where like we sometimes just give them our voices, um, mm -hmm. just dump human voices on onto them. And it's really actually quite fun when you start to think about like, well, what does the dog want? And what does the dog want to do? Um, I was inspired to write the book when after Giselle's bucket list, people started reaching out to me saying, I want to do a bucket list for my dog. What should I put on it? And so that was like, I, I you know, Giselle's bucket list was, I was sort of just coming up with ideas. And once I started writing adventure dogs, I was like, okay, well, what would a dog actually want on his or her bucket list? Like, what do dogs actually want to do and a lot of it has to do with like uh scent work or smelling like dogs see the world with their noses so anything you can you know letting your dog take time to smell is such a wonderful gift to give your dog um I also yeah I think everything you do to give your dog the best life ever though is also so rewarding for you so those simple like making time for simple adventures every day um, simple walks, car rides, sure. learning to paint. But yes, I loved, <laughs> I remember I was just, you know, researching and reading about interesting dogs and dogs doing different things. And I had seen Dog Vinci, the great Dog Vinci <laughs> before. Um, I'd seen a video of him and I thought, how fascinating. He, he really likes to paint, like yeah, that he yeah, really yeah. wants to do this. And look at how cute he is in his hat <laughs> and how, how, and I think it's so, I just, I love that you have, you had the patience and time to really teach him. Oh, I think that you. is just so beautiful and his artwork is beautiful and thank you. Thank you. What thank a gift. Oh, what a gift of a dog, a very special dog. He really was. But I thought what, what you wrote at the end um, was so so great was that have a struggling artist yeah <laughs> which I thought yeah. was really cool <laughs> have a struggling artist yes I'm like I can relate to the struggling artist I'm like <laughs> Barney wants to just take the thing and chew yeah. it on the 
much. I'm like, I'm sometimes like that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to write today. Like, <laughs> do your do your own thing, you know. And I noticed that in in the book, um, um, and and you know the fact that Giselle was was a catalyst in in having you continue your writing and write adventure dogs. Um, um, I just and and it's it's so good that that was the perfect time for you to to do that but um how long did it did these adventures take you i mean did you go on every every one of these adventures <laughs> a long time it's almost embarrassing to be like i spent years studying dog adventures <laughs> but i did and <laughs> and i still do i'm still looking for new things to do with your dog that your dog really wants to do that are also good for you. Um, this is, this will be something that I'm always interested in. And I really do think that dogs are the best tour guides and can teach us so much about ourselves. Yeah. The, now, when you went on, on these adventures, some of the adventures you did go actually go to the places um, oh, yeah. what I see in the book. Um, did you take breaks in between? What did you do? Did you write? Did, yeah. How did you journal? Yeah. How did you journal all of this? Yeah, it was just I, you know, there were different events, different um, like the truffle hunting festival was in March or February. It was like in that was early. really cool. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things I did. It was so cool. The Oregon Truffle Festival. They do a truffle dog school where anyone can bring their dog and your dog can learn to sniff for, sniff for truffles. And every dog successfully found a truffle. Wow. And there were a lot of dogs in that class who you would not think truffle hunter when you wow. look at these dogs. <laughs> that so, really, yeah. That really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spaced, I spaced them out and then wrote in between and did different interviews. So Mm -hmm. It was a long process. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. And I noticed that you went to Dog Mountain in Vermont. Did you go to Dog Mountain in Vermont? No, I have not. I was supposed to go and then COVID, I, I was writing sure. some of it during COVID. So that interrupted some of the travel. Um, I still, it's a, still on my bucket list. Hopefully this fall, I will go there with Oscar and Betty. That'd be I wonderful. To Dog Mountain. By the way, for our listeners, <laughs> I would I would love the to. Road trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, if, if for our listeners, um, Dog Mountain is up in St. Johnsbury in Vermont, and it's a beautiful. It's a mountain of five hundred, I believe, five hundred acres, and and there's a chapel there, and you can go with your dogs, and um, and in the chapel you can leave. Um, tributes, notes, pictures uh, of your dogs that have passed, and you can spend some time in the chapel. And they say that it is the um, the the saddest place to be happy, you know. So um, it's a really, really beautiful, beautiful uh, place. And the fall should be gorgeous up there with the leaf peaking um, time right now in the fall. So, Hey, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll join <let's> you. <laughs> It'll be <go>. wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, um, and, and I noticed that sometimes you do take your dogs 
you know, you do take your dogs on these adventures, um, which of course, you know, that's part of the whole adventure is taking your dogs. But um, you talk about a uh, sniffari, 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 a sniffari, a sniffari. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about us, (laughs) about that. Yeah. So like we were talking about earlier, dogs see the world with their noses. So dogs have incredible sense of smell and they rely on the sense of smell in the same way that we rely on our sight. It is how they perceive the world through these smells. And when they're out, you know, sometimes as humans, we don't understand why they want to stop and sniff the mailbox for a few, for five minutes. It's like, this is very uninteresting. These smells are invisible. I'm bored with this smell. I want to go. Like, I don't want to stay here. And so you'll be, you'll be on your like human agenda of like, no, let's do the loop. Like this is up here. We're not stopping at the fence to smell. We don't care about that. A snafari is where you let your dog guide the walk. So your dog really gets to follow their nose and you are in for the ride. So if your dog wants to stop and sniff the fence for five minutes, you're going to stand there and then let them sniff. It's like, cause they so, they're so used to being pulled away from these smells. And, um, the the scientist Alexander Horowitz speaks really well of this in her books, um, that like having, you know, pulling a dog away from a smell would be like having a door slammed in your face when you're trying to look at something interesting. And that's so sad. And I, I think like a snafari is the equivalent of like taking yourself to the mat or like letting yourself see things and spend time on things that are really visually appealing, I think is similar to taking your dog in a snafari and letting them like really, you know, observe these smells so that's what a sniffari is <laughs> it it's takes a good way wonderful for, it's a good way for people to learn patience as well yes oh yeah. sure yeah. sure definitely uh we went to we were going to our veterinarian one day and and i had one of my beagles and you know they're real s- sniffers and he she was sniffing and sniffing and sniffing all over the office and I said, oh, come on over here, Maggie, come on over here. And um, the, the my veterinarian said, no, 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 don't stop her. She's reading a book. And right now she's reading <laughs> a novel. And if you if you take her away from that, you're taking her away from this great novel. <laughs> I love that. And the vet's office is probably a serious novel because there's a lot of smells in there. It's <laughs> like probably like the Stephen King, like a real thriller. <laughs> What what a thriller that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thriller that. Is yeah. Funny. When he said that, you know? So, but um, yeah, so that's great. That's great. Well, what's in store for your readers in the future? Yes, so I'm working fun? on my third book now. Nice. And I have a mm. newsletter called Canine Hotline, mm-hmm. where I write about all sorts of dog things so you can check that out that's on substack um, I subscribe to that amazing thank oh, you yeah. and I have a new I'm launching a new dog company that will mm-hmm. it'll happen at the end of the year 
So if you follow along on my Instagram, you'll see like all sorts of updates on that. And I'm so, I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, that's wonderful. Instagram for our readers. Yeah. It's Fern Watt author. Perfect. Wonderful. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Coming up. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Terrific. I can't wait to share more. So. Well, you'll have to come back and talk to us about that. when I would love to. You I would love to. Yeah, that'd be great. We would love that. Um, So Fern, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? (laughs) Okay, I love this question. Well, I don't I don't know if I'm like, I guess I would say so I was named after a dog. My I, my great grandmother, her name was Fern, and she was named after her father's dog. And so sometimes I think, and I was like talking to my cousin about this, and she, I was like, yeah, it's crazy that she was named after a dog. And I was like, sometimes I think I was a dog at some point. It's very weird. And my cousin's like, maybe you were that dog. And I was like, oh wow. Cool. <laughs> I mean, this is all very crazy talk, but sometimes I do feel very, um, I feel like I could have been a dog at some point. Um, But if I could be an animal, I mean, I want to say dog, but I I, I think I would be the dog of the ocean, which is, which in my head is a dolphin. Perfect. I love dolphins. It's very playful, um, swimming, fun, but it wouldn't be a bad thing to be a very spoiled dog either dogs, <laughs> have, dogs have done pretty well for themselves <laughs> Aww, good choice. Yeah, yeah it is a good choice very good choice uh, that's great that's great and I love the fact that you would be a dog of the ocean um, <laughs> and a dolphin which is they are so fun and so fun to watch you know yes. wow I can picture you. And they're incredibly intelligent. Yeah, that, I mean, I ha- I've actually never really thought through that question. And dog of the ocean, I'm not sure is the scientific term for dolphin, but we'll just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and my similar, yeah. similar vibes, popular animal, very playful and social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that. What animal would you be? What mm-hmm. animal would you be? Me? What would you be? Me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, I never even thought of that. Here. <laughs> ah. We asked the question. We don't have to answer it. Yeah, you, you can you can start we can circle back. It's fine. Yeah, we'll circle back because I have to think about that one. That's that's interesting. I I guess I, I would want to be a dog, but but I don't know if that's the animal that um, that I would be, I, I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay, I'd well, I'm going to follow up on this. I'm going to follow up on this. Okay. Yeah. Our next <laughs> podcast with you will, we'll have Anna and I will, we'll have the dogs that we would want to be and why we would want, I mean, animals that we would want to be and why we would want to be them. Hmm. Well, I've already got an answer. I, I wouldn't mind being an elephant. They're beautiful creatures. They're majestic. They never forget. Um, hmm. 
and uh, yeah, they That's they beautiful. live in packs. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that is great. Beautiful. Beautiful. I don't know if I would want to be a monkey. I don't know, but I'd have to think about that one too. <laughs> being a human, being a human has some serious positives. There's a lot of good Definitely. things about. Sure. We a lot of those animals are out there hunting for food and hungry, and we are here, yeah. here in New York City. I don't have that problem. So. No, exactly. Very good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Fern, we thank you for um, for joining us today, and and for um, we we're just honored to have you here with us, um, and um, and we thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, today and uh, we ask you to remember to um, to visit our website howlingtalent.com um, to view the um, extraordinary art exhibit that's going on right now and all month uh, called Pause for Talent um, and uh, again once again Fern thank you so very much for joining us it's thank you. such a pleasure it's and been a real privilege speaking to you thank you so much, much for having me and I love what you're doing Thank you. Thank you we so look much. forward to having you back very, very soon. Yes, I cannot wait. Yeah. Good. And think well, about what animal you would be. We'll think about that. Well. Yeah. I think Anna yeah. knows, but I have to I have to really put my thinking cap on about that one. <laughs> uh, so uh to all our viewers, um, thank you for listening in. Join us next time for another exciting episode of Howling Talent. And until then, take care. <laughs>